before I get into it, I should mention that this podcast is available to listen on Spotify and Google Podcasts and iTunes. And uh, you would have to download Google Podcasts to listen to it. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a comment on them and uh, follow the links down below and uh, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel, of course. I will be bringing out some content in the future, uh, be just uh, audio for now, but um, video will be released, or video, is the podcast will be released with videos in the future, but they will get into that when we have to. And um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, iPhone reveal that uh, Apple did, and um, yeah, it was a good good phone because I don't know what the speciality between that one and iPhone Pro Max is, apart from the design. And I guess the camera is always going to be better than the previous model, but isn't Android and Samsung just ahead with that spec-wise? And since iPhone X and uh, XS and iPhone 11 and then Pro and all these, uh, since that uh, generation has been released, I think the look of uh, the iPhone has gone downhill, in my opinion. And uh, with this phone, I think they've really brought it back. And it looks amazing. The specs-wise, it's going to be an incredible phone regardless, and it's going to be better than the previous one. But I think the design, which they have improved, is just uh going to help them with a few more sales in my opinion and probably it doesn't and because it's apple is going to sell way more than they did the uh, the previous one and uh i think people are going to buy it like they have with every other uh apple product and uh, the name itself is just something that people can't turn off or turn down even and uh, they just, it's a luxury item, to be honest, iPhone nowadays, or Apple as a brand, is a luxury brand, which the common man can afford as well now, if you wanted it, I guess. But with them releasing the iPhone 12 mini, that's showing that they are looking at competitors such as Samsung and Huawei and uh, uh, Google Pixel with as they had their mini phone as well it shows that they know that there's a demand for a smaller phone but I don't think it's a demand for smaller phone it's a demand for a cheaper phone and they trying to uh, get away from this look of that Apple just for rich people Apple just for those who are the elite even though that's not the case in some parts of the world and the others it is and uh, the mini is a way of them is is a way sorry for them to put the phone and their name and the brand into the hands of more people as and as many people as possible uh, because uh, with Huawei getting banned in the US and it's probably going to be likely that they get banned in Europe as well. I think Amer uh, Apple and other American products such as Google are going to take over uh, that market, and probably they they knew that with the the uh, Huawei getting banned and uh, Samsung not getting as many sales as they probably used to. That's just my opinion. I don't think uh, with them not getting uh, as much of the market as before Apple could come in and offer people cheaper phones and they could uh, basically just get new customers because they can they can give people cheaper phones and people feel as though it's something that is also the same as the uh, more of the expensive phones because of the name of the Apple if you know what I mean so, for example, if someone before was only buying Samsung phones or Huawei phones, and now all of a sudden he sees that the iPhone Mini has been released, and it's a, 
it's a phone which has great specs and, uh, as compared to other uh, Samsung phones and probably better than them they are going to feel as though that because Apple's uh, name is on there is something more than just a phone and that branding and that name is going to be timeless in my opinion and Apple has built this reputation because of original iPhone that they released and being the first on the market to do that by Steve Jobs and just to mention Steve Jobs he's um, probably the most influential person in the 21st century and postmodern society if you could say that and uh, he I think people will forget what uh, the works of other genius minds if you will have done but they will never forget what Steve Jobs has done because his technology that he came up with uh, which is the iPhone and the uh, iMac even people are going to be well known of his work compared to uh, Bill Gates for example I think everyone knows and everyone has a computer or a uh, Windows laptop or even an Xbox but they don't know really who actually came up with the idea of Windows and Xbox and um, yeah that's something that I don't think people realised at the time of his uh, life, Steve Jobs that's it. So when he was alive I don't think people realised how much impact he has had. Or maybe I'm just being a bit naive about that. And uh, compared to Bill Gates who's just busy with um, giving vaccines to people in the Western Africa region and uh, Southeast Asia. And he's more interested in going into medicine and pharmaceutical than technology nowadays. Which is why the, I think the Xbox has gone downhill. And no one really mentions the Xbox as much as PlayStation 5. But we'll get onto that later. And um, because of Steve Jobs, we'll, we're able to go into another horizon of technology. If you know. So for example, the touchscreen that he released were able to introduce that into cars and what uh, Tesla has done with just keeping the dashboard into a simple uh, iPad really and you could just control everything from there That's that all came because of him and his genius mind and uh, with that got me thinking whether in uh, so if I, in my opinion he is the most uh, influential inventor in the 21st century and so who was the one in the previous century so who was the most influential innovator if you could say in the 20th century and uh, when I searched up a few names came up such as uh, Henry Ford who started making cars and Ford is owned by Henry Ford as with the name and then there were there was also the Wright brothers who came up and carried out the first airplane flight and the influence was you could say it's a big influence because and they had a big uh, role to play in how we travel currently but I don't think his or their technology or their uh, role within society is going to be as big as Steve Jobs or even Elon Musk because as we've seen with Covid aeroplanes have gone or this, uh, the travelling by aeroplane has gone downhill as well as I think the um, pilot industry and uh, someone flying the plane will be decreased from what it has been because robots are going to be <laughs> I don't want to say taking over but robots will be flying 
on uh, the airplane. And they do already, if you think about it. It's airplane, the pilot's main job is to get it in the air at 36,000 feet and then putting the autopilot and leaving the autopilot on. And uh, they just have to get the control back in case something happens and when they have to land. So we all see, we've already seen that aeroplanes can be automatic and they can be controlled by machines. It's just about precision. But I still think that that uh, self-flying aeroplane, if you could say, they will be in motion or they will be in use probably in 25, maybe 30 years after because of the rules and regulations that they would have to go through and making sure that it's safe for everyone. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think, the contribution of Wright Brothers towards uh, this society right now. And there was another name called uh, Thomas Edison, who is probably the most famous uh, inventor. And uh, besides... Yeah, the recent one that I've talked about, such as Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. And Thomas Edison, who, if you don't know, he invented the light bulb and the film and uh, video camera, I believe. But he was a bit of a con in some people's eyes because he took idea from other people and then he brought it into the US and then and patented it. And then he made money from that. And I guess because US was a capitalist society at the time, you could do that. And it still is. To me. And because it's a capitalist society and people just think about making money, other people who ha- did have the inventions, they didn't know how to market it or how to sell it. They just knew that they had an idea. They weren't entrepreneurs. They were just inventors, which is a big difference, of course. And the light bulb was not even invented by him. It was actually invented by a guy called Josephs, who was a British inventor in the 1800s. Yeah, and people don't realise that um, he actually stole the idea from him and uh, just made money from it rather than actually coming up with the idea. And the other name that I wanted to mention was... uh, as well as the Wright brothers who invented the uh, aeroplane, or oh, I guess they didn't invent it, but they carried out the first flight, was um, Henry Ford, who I briefly mentioned. And even Henry Ford had some dodgy um, claims against him. Like, uh, he he did get involved with the Nazis during the Hitler era, which uh, hardly anyone mentions. And I guess if people wanted to cancel people for... Uh, what they've done previously, he would be probably up there with them. And he has some dodgy things against it, which I think could be said about any other inventor slash entrepreneur. And um, uh, in the recent times, it's Elon Musk that's been looked at as this saviour of humanity, if you could say, because of his inventions. And... Um, I like what he's doing because he's helping everyone everyone being a simpler version of but some of his inventions are just just ridiculous. Like beyond just borderline stupidness to be honest. Just like um that he's come up with, which is a chimp that you could put in your brain. And then it records memories and it saves them and then you play them back. But actually you can't do that because the emotions that you feel uh, by experiencing something, you can't feel that afterwards. So yeah, I think some of the things that he come up with is just ridiculous. And uh, But his uh, ideas such as Hyperloop and SpaceX, I guess, are good. Even though SpaceX is... Um, it's a, probably a long way away from getting uh, humans up there and then space travel really for a holiday I guess because 
that's what the future is going to be. And with uh, what Richard Branson is doing as well with uh, Virgin, just taking people to space, seeing space, which is going to be blank, I guess, and then bring them back. And that's that's kind of how future of holiday is going to be like, if that is what they want to do. And then Elon Musk is going to take people to Mars. And then, well, our first normal is going to go. Because just like anything, people want others to do first. And then uh, once they're comfortable with it, they do it themselves. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about Elon Musk for now. Great human being. Great at what he's doing. But there's a limit, I think. And I think he knows... Oh, I don't think he. I, th- I don't think people are telling him that what's um, his limit within technology. He's just going along, and he has helped uh, people live simpler lives with PayPal and Tesla cars. Yeah, so that's pretty much it about Elon Musk and all the the impact. Sorry, the impact Steve Jobs has had on people because as I mentioned before Steve Jobs and his mindset is going to be more prevalent in the future than the minds of the inventors yeah and um, also on just new things releasing and uh, it's smart that they release everything before Christmas because people just would buy their product. Same as the PlayStation 5, which everyone's just hyping over, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be as good as or as big of a leap between uh, the previous generation and the new generation as the PS3 and PS4 or even Xbox 360 and Xbox One. And uh, the, I've seen some of the gameplay and uh, the graphics, they obviously are going to be better, but I don't think it's a, as significant of an improvement as it was in the previous generation. And um, people are still going to buy it. It's, that doesn't stop anyone because it's a new thing and uh, new is always better, especially in tech. And um, one game that I did like was the um spider-man game is good i guess uh but saying like i said the graphics aren't big of an improvement as the ps4s were from ps3 and the i just play really one one or two games fifa or cod i don't really play much but i've got i know people who would die to play other games and would want to practice other games as well and see how they are and uh, the Harry Potter game looks good to be honest and uh, I hope it's a an um, open game so you could do anything around Hogwarts rather than a strict rules and uh, just setting the limits to what you can and what you can't do so a bit like GTA I guess I wish it was a bit more like GTA rather than just a simulation so yeah uh, the PS5 looks looks wise. Some people did criticize it that it looks like a Wi-Fi um, uh, router, and I've got no issues with the design. It is quite big, which is going to uh, trouble some people because they will have to find some space for it. But if it's quiet and uh, and not able to get uh, heated up much then I guess people shouldn't complain and there's some something new to play on something new to get your hands on but that's another thing with the with Sony being the big headliner in the console bubble whereas in the phone it's Apple and America even though I thought Xbox was going to be better this generation just because they would have had, would have made more, pro- um, would have made more 
effort and with them losing in the previous uh, battle between PS4 and Xbox One I thought they would have come really hard but no one really talks about um, getting an Xbox or oh, I don't even know what it's called to be honest that's how uninterested I guess people are about it but you get some people who can't wait to get their hands on Xbox for some reason but each to their own and uh, this week there was uh, Premier League football on if you guys watched it then uh, you would have enjoyed it like I did and uh, the first game was the Merseyside derby which was probably I don't think it was the best Merseyside derby I've seen some people say oh Wow, what a game it was. It was a good game, but because there's no fans, every game can't be better than what it was when it was with fans. Because I think fans just add that much excitement and that much enthusiasm towards it. That you can't compare any game that's happening without fans to when it was with fans. That's what I think, to be honest. And... uh, I guess the audio that they're playing of people, they've um, borrowed the game uh, sounds, the fan chanting and that, from EA and FIFA. And that's not very good, to be honest. That doesn't help watching or trying to get as much joy as from it as you would when you had the fans. Yeah, and um, speaking of not enjoying football as much, I guess VAR kind of ruined a lot of the game as well because every, everything has to stop and then replayed and then if there's a foul then you have to show that you actually committed the foul and that and VAR just did I think it's going to take a bit of time for them to sort it out I don't know how long that's going to take but I guess they, what they should do, and um, this idea, I think uh, they proposed it as well, which was that, for example, if the foul was committed, for the example, just say the goal that um, Liverpool scored at the end of the Merseyside derby, if that goal was going to be VAR checked, which it was, and uh, with the idea that they were proposing, was that they are three or five referees looking at that and they all see it for let's say 10-15 seconds and after they see it they have to make a decision and then the so if it was a goal or not so whichever gets the most votes is the decision that's kept picked so for example if uh, there are five referees and I think they use four anyway so just use the one that is actually officiating the game so what they would do is uh, show the gameplay uh, from the goal and if there was an offside so to see the offside first in the motion that uh, the referee was but from the sideways to the linesman then they would just al- be allowed to do in a slow motion so all of that has to be between 10 and 15 seconds and then once they've seen it they have to just decide whether it was offside or not and I think that kind of quickens up everything with them having a time limit to it, I think they would be forced to make a decision on the spot, just like what refereeing should be and what it was before. But with the cost of the game and with everything uh, just being too extravagant within the game of football, I I understand why they have to take the time to make the correct decisions. But even then, they're not making the correct decisions. And yeah, I think the problem with VAR is not such thing as that it's because it's VAR. It's just that it's not quick. It's not on the spot, which it should be. So by looking at VAR, you should just say that it's a clear indication of a wrong decision that's being made or the right decision that's being made. And I think they would. the Premier League needs to sort it out because the Euros are going to be boring without um, without the um, 
improvements being made to uh, VAR. And yeah, it was a good game though. Uh, I've big uh, props to Carlo Ancelotti and uh, Everton for investing in the team and uh, having a game plan, which I don't think many other managers in the league do. And I think the quality of Premier League. I think the quality of the Premier League has gone downhill since before and uh, this season is turning out to be somewhat of a surprise because you don't know who's going to win to be honest. I don't know if it's Everton going to win. I do want them to win. I'd rather have them winning over Liverpool or I don't know if it's Tottenham going to win. But I think because of Europa League they probably finished second or third. Because the Europa League takes a lot of um, effort. And just, it was a scientific research actually, into why Europa League teams don't finish in the top three or top four. And um, uh, it's because, or even win the league actually. And it's apparently because the games that you have between Thursday and Sunday, which is the Europa League schedule, and between Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturday, which is the Champions League schedule. The players, I guess, are not ready for that, for uh, for a match such late on within the week, just before the weekend, for example on Thursday. And then on Sunday, they have to play again. And then apparently the travel takes a lot of toll on you uh, if you have to um, play Europa League games as well. So yeah, I don't think they're going to win the league. And it will be interesting to see who actually wins the league while being in the Europa League. Because it's going to be a long... I don't know how long. Unless they make uh, ramifications to, to Europa League. And reduce it to like... 24 teams or something. Then I could see a Europa League team winning the Premier League. But at the moment, I don't think Tottenham have a good chance. Having said that, they did have a good match against uh, West Ham though. And Bale should have scored at the end. I don't know how he hasn't scored. And probably because he's not used to the pitch. He's used to the golf course. But I don't think he's used to the football pitch at the moment. And uh, it's going to take a bit of time for him to settle in. Because Tottenham were playing really well with Kane and Son anyway. And they torn apart United two weeks ago. And I don't think there's any space for Bale at the moment because if something's working, why change it? And I think Bale would need to earn his. I don't want to say he wants to. He should earn his position or role, but he should be more polished. He needs to get his fitness up, basically. I think, and I think Mourinho is gonna make sure he does. And they should have won the game against West Ham, which finished 3-3. Lanzini with a unbelievable goal. And uh, when I saw that, I thought it was going for a goal kick. But then he just put it in the top corner. I think Jose Mourinho is still um, underrated by some people because of his um, period at United and uh, how he left that but people forget that he actually won two trophies in one season one was the Europa League and one was the League Cup and he should be given more credit for it especially having to work with people like the Glazers and uh, Edward Wood you have to give it props to him and uh, he brought the best out of Pogba and in terms of playing during a match I know he's got more assists and goals under uh, Solskjaer, but just as a player and his uh, drive within the game, I think it was best under Mourinho in the first season, especially uh, because he did get injured in the second season quite a bit. And uh, even though we finished second, that was a good... um, Objective achieved by Mourinho. And third season, we we know about him having third season syndrome. Where um, uh, everything goes 
downhill from there. But we'll see what happens with Tottenham and him. And um, also, Chelsea, they should have. <laughs> People do not get that Lampard is not a Chelsea manager. He might be a Chelsea player, and he was, duh. Uh, but he should be sacked by Christmas if he's not in the top four. Because the investment that they've carried out, I understand that it's Chelsea and they they always invest, but the investment that they have carried out, I think it's a bit, a bit of a um a, a bit of a mind game within uh the Chelsea hierarchy that they're giving Lampard so much investment and so much uh, quality on the field that they expect him to get results now. And it kind of puts pressure off the board from uh, sacking him because uh, fans won't turn on the board for not uh, backing the manager because they have. So I think it's a clever play by the um, whoever controls Chelsea because Roman Abramovich is not uh, actively having a say within football. But he is the owner, I guess. Uh, he probably has said something. So, uh, them putting so much money into players like Werner and Ben Chilwell and uh, even Ziyech and Havertz, they expect him to get uh, Lampard. They expect Lampard to get results now. And if he's not able to, then they could just sack him. And the fans can't say much. And the fans can't complain and blame the... Uh, board or even Roman Abramovich uh, that uh, they failed to back him and they would have a justification for sacking him so I think uh, and if they had not uh, backed him as they have or shown that they are backing him because they could be just uh, making this investment knowing that he's not going to be able to do anything with it and they're just preparing for the future because I do think that the team that they're b- building with um, Havertz and um, Werner especially, they're going to win the league in the next three to four years. And that would mean that they would have to sack Lampard because I think he's not a title-winning manager at the moment. Whereas the people that they've had before, they've won something. And uh, such as Conte and... Even Felipe Scolari, he, he had a, a way of playing which Lampard doesn't at the moment. And Georgie Morris is actually, uh, should be, or should be, I should say, given more credit for Chelsea and their um, playing style because of what he did with the academy. And people actually forget that with Chelsea having a ban on uh, transfer market was kind of a blessing in disguise because... They're able to use their academy players last season. And be- the reason they got into the fourth place and the FA Cup was because Jody Morris was working with the academy already at Chelsea. So he knew the players, so he could bring them up. And I say that if you are good in the academy and you're just tearing up the league like Greenwood, then it's going to be easier for you to um, integrate within the Premier League. Whereas if you're not good in the academy, then you would have to go out and loan and then improve yourself and then show to the manager uh, that you are good enough for the Premier League. So yeah, the Chelsea League um, uh, league team that they were playing last season was basically what Jody Morris was working with with the under-21s uh, at Chelsea. So people don't realise that. He's actually uh, uh, playing a more uh, of a um, coaching role because the manager is Lampard. He's playing more of a coaching role towards these young players and he's having a bigger impact on Chelsea Football Club than Lampard. That's just my opinion because the team that he had with the, and with the, with the under-21s was one of the best teams that's ever created and they won like what four FA Cups in five years or something so it's a really successful 
uh, team that they have on hands. But it's just about making sure that they go to the next level. And I don't think that Lampard will be able to do that. And uh, it's not just him who's inexperienced in management or inexperienced at the highest level. Because there's also um, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who's... He's only, he only wins when he he's told that he's going to get sacked. And uh, I, I hope that he just knows that in his mind and then wins the games. Because whenever he's easy, whenever it's an easy game for him, or whenever it's something that should be achieved because there's nothing major on the line, even though three points is crucial in every game of the Premier League, we just fall behind. And he doesn't pay attention, in my opinion. To the games that we should be easily winning. And when there's no pressure of him being sacked. Because there should be pressure of him winning. But there's when there's no pressure of him being sacked. He wins. And um, that's why I think Manchester United are going to win against PSG on Tuesday. Bit of a bold move but. Yeah I think they might, they might get a result. Because PSG have got some players out, and uh, Solskjaer knowing that his job is going to be on the line. Because beating Newcastle is all good. 4-1. Decent result. Don't say, <laughs> I don't think it was a good result, because we only beat them in the last 20 minutes or so. So, but it was a good 4-1 victory, if you could say. Good for the uh, morale boost. And with Cavani being uh, leading the line, hopefully on Tuesday, they're gonna. I think they're gonna score a few goals, and then uh, snatch a win. And PSG are gonna be hungover from the loss that they carried out against Man United last week. Uh, not last week, sorry. Uh, in the last fixture. So yeah, I think. But like I said, that two show or Thomas two show. He's a great manager, great example of how coaching should be carried out, which Solskjaer doesn't know, in my opinion. But that could be just because he's German, because German's football mind is ahead of everyone. And uh, we've been seeing that because of their national team and them winning what the uh, most uh, World Cups within Europe. Or equaling the record of Italy, I believe. So I think the German game is far more, or the Bundesliga is far more advanced uh, in its game in terms of uh, the offensive wise. Because when the uh, German national team play, they always think about winning and scoring as many goals as can uh, as you can and you can see that from Bayern they think mostly about attack rather than defence which is why the German uh, league has so many uh, teams without any clean sheets uh, for certain periods of uh, uh, within uh, within certain periods of the season and uh, we can see that with um, their national team which focuses mostly on attack and uh, with them winning what the, the four World Cups, is it? And them always being in the final or the semi-final of the World Cup or the Euros. It's something to be noticeable, uh, noticed that. Because their game is far more uh, appreciated within even the Premier League. Because Jurgen Klopp came in and kind of changed, or I wouldn't say revolutionised Premier League, but he kind of changed the way that people uh, look towards... Um, certain players and how they can be used within the system rather than just as an individual player and Germans from what I can see they focus mainly on uh, building a system rather than uh, building a system and fitting and giving each player a role rather than just what is it just putting out an 11 and then telling them uh, you, you're playing here and you're playing here and then the Premier League does need to catch up with uh, with how offence should be carried out because it's, as uh, who is it they even <laughs> actually we're kind of seeing that Premier League is going back to its 
roots all, almost, which is cross it in header, and that's how you win. And the top scorers were the top scorer in sorry in the Premier League right now is Calvert Lewin, and he's mostly scoring headers. And uh, I think the Premier League is going or trying to go back into uh, playing football in the air rather than on the feet. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Premier League evolves uh, in the future, because uh, the not even just the German league, sorry, the even the Spanish league, they are far more um, technical individually and in uh, than uh, Premier League, and we've seen that with uh, Sevilla against Man United and even Sevilla beating beating what is it? Um, uh, Antonio Conte's Inter Milan, which was a really surprise win. Them beating them shows that those two leagues are just, are just too good for any Premier League sides at the moment. At the moment, I do think that uh, in um, with the money uh, with the money that the Premier League has, they are going to. Start beating the these teams from other uh, countries far more easily, but it's just because of the money that the Premier League has, all the ability and um, uh, technical awareness is in foreign leagues. To a certain extent, you could say the Serie A, uh, Serie A, even it's uh, much more appreciated because of the uh, defensive tactics that they deploy and uh, the Premier League isn't really looked at as a league which is going to blow people's mind in terms of uh, playing ability wise but it's mostly entertainment that people look at and entertainment came from uh, Premier League clubs having more, more money and then they could just get bigger players and bigger names to the size and uh, uh, speaking of the German league, when I was watching Suarez, um, sorry, not Suarez, and when I was watching um, Tottenham play last night, and then Harry Kane getting two goals and an assist, I thought, was he the best number nine in the world? And I saw on Twitter everyone saying that he was, and it's kind of hard to disagree with them, because as I've mentioned. The system that other strikers, or for example, right now, it's only him and Lewandowski who could be, well, you could say Calvert Lewin, but he's not there yet. He's not consistent enough, but we shall see. But right now, because of Kane and Lewandowski, them two are playing in different, because they're playing in different leagues, they're playing in different systems, so they can't be compared as much. Because Lewandowski is getting way more chances than uh, the uh, than Tottenham are. Having said that, he uh, Lewandowski is playing in a system which is just uh, aiming for him to get goals. Whereas Kane, I think they're trying to uh, work it out between him and Son. So one's going to go forward, one's going to uh, 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 stay back and then provide the other one. So they're just swapping and changing between two positions. Whereas uh, Lewandowski is the main man at Bayern and everyone's just hoping that he gets the goals. And he does, to be honest, which is, you can't complain. But I think Kane has a really good and uh, strong case for being uh, the best number nine in the world. And, uh, oh yeah, and, uh, Barcelona lost, which doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. Because they're really going downhill as a football club. And it's been like that since since Xavi left and with Neymar leaving perhaps at Messi and because he had Suarez it kind of was alright for him but now that Suarez has left I don't think Messi's feeling like Barcelona is uh, his home anymore and uh, I don't know why they well I know why they employed Ronald Koeman as a manager but he's rubbish all these Dutch managers they keep getting jobs just like, of course, English managers as well, with Hodgson and Pardew and Steve Bruce, even though they are not up to 
Premier League standards. Well, you could say Roy Hodgson, but not the other two. But Ronald Koeman getting these jobs, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but he's not even a good manager. He didn't even get the best out of Everton with Lukaku as his main man. And he was alright at Southampton. And the Dutch team was, I guess, playing well. But these managers, European managers, they're getting... Well, he's just getting jobs because of his name rather than his ability as a manager. Uh, and to manage Barcelona, who's... Well, even though they're having this uh, turmoil, they should have employed someone better. And... Uh, with Messi thinking about leaving, I think Komen is in, or going to be in big trouble if he does let him go. Which I don't think they can afford to as as a club, football club. I think they'd rather sack Komen than let Messi go, which is going to ruin the brand of Barcelona for a few years until they find someone new. Yeah, and uh, Barcelona got darker days ahead, in my opinion, than lighter days. And uh, that's pretty much it for football for this week. Uh, next week is going to be good because the Champions League is back. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how how the mighty Reds beat uh, PSG. Finally, there was a story that was trending and uh, a topic that has been trending on... Uh, Twitter and I don't know why the ma- mainstream media hasn't covered it to be honest they're mostly concerned about other things but there's a there's been police brutality going on in Nigeria and I've just got some I just read out a a paragraph that's uh, been uh, written in an article uh, by a newspaper which is about these um uh, police brutality uh, riots and the article says that a police unit in Nigeria called Special Anti-Robbery Squad known by the acronym SARS has been accused of consistent police brutality against citizens sounds familiar? now people of Nigeria are speaking out protesting and calling for SARS to be disbanded so what's going on is that they were supposed to be the good guys of Nigeria but now they're just tar- targeting young men with uh, uh, tattoos and uh, expensive cars. And uh, they, as I quote, they're threatening to arrest them unless they pay a bribe. And uh, it's kind of disappointing to see that within a third world country. Even th- And they should be focusing on many other and important issues rather than... Um, starting a new ones within their own country and uh, uh, I don't know why uh, how or how this all of this police brutality is being headlined in Nigeria uh, even though they should see that uh, the problems that uh, the US is facing don't anything it doesn't resolve anything by actually um, having a Brutal police force. And uh, speaking of police, I don't think some people have seen, but uh, Ice Cube, who is a famous rapper, and uh, he was involved in the Trump campaign for the elections. And he was basically helping them with uh, contract. He was helping them and suggesting them how uh, African Americans and black Americans in general could benefit from his party so they were coming up with a uh, what they called a contract with black America which it should not be called it should be just called contract with America and uh, uh, sorry um, and him being associated with Trump people just thought that he was just oh how could you do this you were supposed to represent the uh, African American community. Why are you with um, someone who's a very anti um, 
black culture in general and uh, he doesn't um, condemn the racism or he doesn't condemn the white supremacy that's going on. So why is he with a uh, uh, Trump campaign and not with uh, Biden who's seen as this uh, pro-black who should be and Trump should be pro-black as well. No one should be anti-black. I'm not saying that. But um, they feel that Biden and his campaign represented the African-American community and they uh, care for it um, uh, care for it way more than what Trump does. And uh, people actually didn't look at it, but Ice Cube, in an interview, said that he was actually going to speak to both parties if they were willing to, uh, and he was uh, going to offer help and advice to both of them. He's actually doing a good job, and people don't realise it, and people just like to make comment on someone because of uh, who they are associated with, and um, rather than actually listening to what he's actually got to say, and uh, people don't really like, uh, and uh, they should know that whoever's in control, people just have to talk to them, and uh, that's how issues are going to be resolved. Whether you like the person in charge or not, someone from uh, the community has to go and talk to them. And I don't know why he's getting such a backlash from the community, whereas actually he should be praised. And he should be helped uh, as well. He should be given advice to what advice he... The, basically, the, the uh, African-American community and black community in America, they should take advantage of this. That someone from their... Uh, uh, someone from their culture and their and one of their role models is uh, representing their voices within the White House. Uh, even if it's indirectly, because he's not part of the Trump regime. And yeah, that's all I have to say for this week. And uh, please like and subscribe. Like I said uh, in the previous episode, it's going to be good um, a few weeks coming ahead because of the elections. And yeah, I'll, uh, please follow and uh, like and subscribe. Uh, check out the social media and the video for the podcast will be out in the near future and other content will be out but it's just about sorting everything out thank you very much see you later